Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamp, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 377 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. This is the first episode of the new year. So, happy new year, everybody. The first episode of 2023. Like I say, I'm Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by a former heavyweight world title challenger, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, happy new year, my man. Hey, happy new year to you, too, man. Looking forward to a bunch of these shows this year bunch of quality shows but uh how you doing today always doing good when speaking with you eddie um it's gonna be a short show it really is there's only one card to review there's only i think two cards in total to preview and there's not much news so let's dive straight into the review part of the show just one card to mention like i say and it's just one fight to mention on the card and it's a fight i didn't see and i'm guessing eddie probably didn't see so we're gonna be done with part one within about a minute um kazuto ioka now 29 and 2 with a draw a majority decision over 12 rounds there in that in that um, super flyweight unification against Joshua Franco, 18 and 1 with three draws now, Franco. Um, the mad thing is that, I think I said it on last week's show, in Franco's last seven fights, he's only bo- he's only boxed three men. He had three fights against Oscar Negrete, three fights against Andrew Maloney, and there was, an- there was another guy in there somewhere. But... Um, yeah, he gets in with Ioka, goes all the way to Japan at the Ota City General Gymnasium in Tokyo. As a big underdog, to be honest, not many people gave him a chance. Um, a lot of people, though, were saying that did watch the fight um, that Franco deserved it and that maybe, you know, the draw was, was um, doing Ioka more of a favour than it was doing Franco. And I jokingly tweeted saying, that's okay, Franco's got another reason to have another three fights with another guy. So... We might see him go back out to Japan. It wouldn't surprise me. But um, yeah, both guys obviously uh, retain their titles. No one likes a draw. But apparently Franco did deserve the the victory. And um, yeah, you know, credit to him because he's gone all the way to Japan there. And he was the underdog. And apparently he put on a really good performance. So, you know, a little bit gutted for him, I guess. But doesn't lose his title. Doesn't get robbed that bad in the fact that he just gets, you know, his title taken away. We've seen it happen time and time again over the years. But yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't to be for him. And he's racked up his third draw. But that is it, though, for the review part of the show. Like I say, just that one fight to go over. That's it. It's now time to welcome this week's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBO heavyweight world champion. It is, of course, Mr. Joseph Parker. Joseph, welcome back on the show, my man, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Listen, it's always good to come on the show. Thanks for always giving me on. Hey, it's always a pleasure having you on. So, Joe, we last spoke back in August. It was a few weeks before your fight with Joe Joyce. 
Um, heartbreak for you, I'm sure, by getting stopped, obviously. But while it lasted, it was one of the best fights of 2022. How do you assess it looking back now? And perhaps what could you have done slightly differently? Um, you know, looking back now, listen, Joe Joyce is one hell of a fighter. Very tough man who who kept just listen, kept coming, kept throwing punches, and his nickname suits him, you know, perfectly. And uh, if I look back at the fight, I had the very best of camps. Um, and then this leading up to the fight, a few things happened, and on the day, I just gave it the best that I could give, and obviously it wasn't good enough. So um, no, I know where I am now. I obviously dropped down in the rankings, and I have to work my way back to being a top five again in the world. And you've been in there with Joshua, uh, Dillian White, Huey Fury, Chisora, Joyce, pretty much every top-level heavyweight in the UK. Um, obviously, you've, you've sparred Fury, but keeping it to the actual fights, where does Joyce rank amongst those other guys, Joe? Listen, obviously, he's ranked right at the top. Um, a lot of people can say, you know, you know, Joshua couldn't stop me, White couldn't stop me, and had a tough fight with Chisora, but <clears throat> just it's... Uh, I think if I really look at it and being honest, it's just different times and different. Um, it's a different lead into the fight. You know, things things do happen. You know, with the Joshua fight, I put on a good performance, but I was too defensive. White fight, a headbutt, and gave it the best I could. But he won on the day, and then with the Joyce fight, a few things happened before the fight, and then just gave it the best that I could on the day. And you know, those he belongs right at the top. Joe Joyce does, and he's listen. He's on the verge of fighting for the title very soon. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I just wondered if you ranked him at the top. Like, for example, would you would you favour him to beat um, Anthony Joshua, Joe? Um, listen, it's hard to say because uh, it just depends on what Joshua shows up. I, I know they've done a lot of rounds together, you know, leading into some of their fights, and they've done multiple rounds of sparring. So, like, they're very familiar with each other. Um, but I do, so I rank him right up there to give any fighter trouble. Yeah, for sure. And your next fight has definitely taken the boxing world by surprise. Um, I was told behind the scenes that Michael Hunter was the next opponent for you. Was there any weight to that rumour, Joe? Not really, because uh, we were looking with Andy Lee, David Higgins, Boxer and Sky. There were there were a number of heavyweights that we were looking at. Um, but with the Jack Messi fight, it caught me by surprise as well. But it was mentioned that he was an option because he had a fight. I think he was lined up to fight Michael Hunter. Right. If I'm correct, he was lined up to fight Michael Hunter. Michael, I think Michael didn't want to fight. So then I was looking for an opponent, and all of a sudden, Jack Messi was the person that they, they put on the table and said that he was begging them for a fight. And, you know, can he fight on this big stage in Manchester? Can he fight in front of this crowd? And he's willing to come up to heavyweight and give me a go. So that's that's how it all happened. But there were options of other heavyweights they were looking at, like Washington and Helena, Dave Allen, and a few other guys. And Joe, had you ever heard of Jack Massey before this fight got put on the table? Yes, I have. I've, I've seen him do a bit of sparring in Tyson's gym um, a while back. So I, I have met Jack Massey, but I didn't know too much about him um, before the fight was made. Okay, fair enough. And um, obviously it wouldn't have been a name on your radar, I think it's fair to say. Um, so yeah, how do you, I guess maybe get motivated for, for a guy like this. Obviously, you touched on it, a career cruiserweight. I, I've got to say, I actually think, on a on a separate note, 
Um, he's been slightly mismanaged because his loss was very controversial. Um, his sole loss, and ever since then they just haven't given him a good opportunity. And he, I think, is one of the best cruiserweights we've got, but obviously just has not had the opportunity since that loss. Um, obviously, moving up here to fight you at heavyweight for me is a bit of a crazy move on his half. But um, yeah, I mean, back to my original question: how how do you get motivated for a guy like this who wouldn't have been probably in your top thirty names really at heavyweight? Listen, it was a surprise. I do give him a lot of credit for stepping up to his weight, but then stepping up to to fight myself. And I am motivated for any fight that I'm in. Listen, if I wasn't motivated, I wouldn't be leaving my family for Christmas or New Year's or be training here through this, this season where everyone's celebrating, having fun and enjoying with their family. So I'm definitely motivated. That's the why, that's why I made the sacrifice of coming here training because I really want to get back into the ring. I really want to fight again. And I really want to, you know, make my way back to the top and I know, listen, I know that there's a ladder to climb, but, I, but I'm but i ready for it. You know what I mean? And, and I want to just take the right fight to the right time, whoever's in front of me, to get back to the top. And you mentioned there, Joe, that you obviously left your family for, for, for Christmas, for New Year's. Because um, obviously, yeah, like it, it, it lists you now as being a resident of Morecambe. Have you got your own place there? I don't have my own place here, but I, <clears throat> I have a lot of people who look after me and help me um, while I'm here in, in Morecambe, you know, obviously Tyson at the gym. I got Joe who looks after me with the, the apartment. Um, I got friends and pretty much like family now here in Morecambe. So it doesn't feel like a strange place. It doesn't feel like I'm away. It feels like I've left home from my other home. That's what it really feels like. <laughs> I was going to say the fight is pretty much in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, Jack Messi is from Manchester. Yeah, yeah. There, he's actually. Right? He, I think he, he lives to, slightly yeah. closer. <laughs> He wants to put on a statement in front of everyone. Like he's going to have friends and family. He's going to have his management sponsors. Everyone, everyone coming to support him. So I know he's going to have a lot of support in Manchester. But I've fought there a few times. I've made a lot of friends, and like I said, families all here in in, uh, in Morecambe and Manchester. So I'm going to have a bit of support there myself. There we go. There we go. And I must ask as well, Joe, how's training been? I know that that can be such a boring question, and I hate asking it, but because you've made so many changes, you know, completely relocated, obviously Tyson involved a lot as well, making it probably slightly more fun. But how has training gone for this one? Listen, I love training. I love the camp life. I love having structure. I love training with purpose, you know, and um, I'm really looking forward to fighting again, but the training has been great. I've been doing a lot of great work with Andy Lee, who's also has made sacrifices to be here in Morecambe Bay from Ireland. And Tyson's around helping, and he's making it fun in camp. But I love, I love training, and I love the challenge of training, the challenges of learning and, and progressing as a fighter, working on your skill, technique, showing and inspiring. That's, that's what I love about training. And as we're seeing you fight so early on in the year, obviously January, Joe, um, will we likely see you out maybe three times this year? Is that the plan? The plan for me, on the perfect, in the perfect year, would be to fight January 21, get a good win, and then continue fighting, you know, like you said, two or three times this year. It would be nice to get out less than three, four times this year, but whatever Box and Sky can give me and whatever we agree on, agree on as a team, first you've got to get a good win, and then uh, progress from there. But it would be nice to get multiple fights this year. And talking of that good win, um, would you be disappointed maybe if you didn't get a stoppage here? 
Honestly, it'll be this will be disappointing, and, and I, I'm expected to get a win and get a stoppage. Well, that's pretty much what people expect of me. But um, I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. All I'm going to do, like this, I'm putting in the work, training hard, and I'm going to go out there and perform to the best of my ability. And that's that's all I can do. Absolutely, for sure, for sure. And um, my last real question for you, Joe, I just wanted to ask if there was any names at all on your radar, um, obviously without looking too far ahead, but you mentioned it yourself, you need a couple wins now to get back in the top five. Um, is there anyone on the tip of your tongue? I mean, you've boxed everyone in the UK. Is there anyone else? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I just got to focus on getting a good win. And then who I'd like to fight, again, would be a great fight, would be Dilly White. But then also, Michael Hunter has been calling my name and saying he wants to fight me. So if I can get a good win, I'll fight Michael Hunter. Um, or if Devin White's free, I'd like to fight him. If uh, Joshua's looking for an opponent, or even if Joe Joyce does if no one wants to fight Joe Joyce, I'll jump in there and fight him again if people want to see that fight again. There we go. And I believe every word of that. You will definitely fight anyone. Um, any closing words, Joe, before we wrap it up? Like I say, always great to have you on. The listeners love you. I love you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 2023 is going to be a great year. Um, <clears throat> we just got to, I mean, not just myself and everyone out there. We just got to chase those goals that we have and push through. You know, and let's, uh, if, you, if you say you're going to have a great year, you're going to make it a great year. So I look forward to being. Um, in the ring again, January 21, I want to put on a good performance and I want to keep busy this year and make my way back to the top. We can't wait to see it all happen. Joe, listen, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time. Best of luck for the 21st and we'll speak sometime afterwards. Awesome. Thank you very much, bro. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, is the news part of the show. Just one piece of news, really, to go over, and it's that Matram have announced the card that's going to be taking place on February the 4th at the Madison Square Garden, New York. Um, this is going to be, obviously, live on the zone over here. We have Amanda Serrano getting in with Erica Cruz in a Puerto Rico versus Mexico uh, battle for the undisputed World Featherweight Championship. We've also got Alicia Baumgardner taking on Elhem Mekhaled for the undisputed World Super Featherweight Championship as well. Um, yeah, so that is um, two undisputed fights there for, for, the, for the ladies. Um, on the undercard, is there anyone else to mention? We've got the UK's Ramla Ali on as well. Um, oh, yeah, we also have friend of the show, Sky Nicholson, as well. She boxes for the uh, the WBC silver title, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, I can't remember who she's facing at the moment, but all the best there to Sky Nicholson, friend of the show. Also, we're going to see Richardson Hitchens as well, getting in with John Bowser. That's, um, that's a clash there at 140. Um, Reshat Matty as well. Um, he oh, that's a great fight. Reshat Matty in a step up against Cletus Seldin. Wow, I like that fight. That's that's I like that one. That's um, yeah, an undercard fight, but obviously a good undercard fight. That's my kind of fight. And um, the opponent for Sky Nicholson is Tanya Alvarez. Um, so Tanya Alvarez there, an unbeaten fighter, and again that is for the WBC silver featherweight title. Um, so all the best to Sky, like I say. That is it, though, for the news part of the show. Moving on to the preview part, two cards to mention. We're going to start here with a card that takes place later tonight in Ghana. We don't often go to Ghana. Um, it's at the The Zone, not The Zone, the the, uh, the the app, but 
D-E-Z-O-N-E, Dezone Beach Resort in Ghana. Over here, friend of the show, Tremaine Williams, the mighty midget, 20 and 1. I'm not... Um, I'm not sure how he's ended up in Ghana, to be totally honest, but he gets in with Solomon, Mar- uh, Solomon Marty, who's 13-1 and one with a draw, the best there to the mighty midget, Jermaine Williams, nice guy. Um, and then the final card to mention, Eddie, it takes place on Showtime Pay-Per-View at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Let's start with the undercard. Um, it's... It's a comeback fight for Lamont Peterson, who has come out of retirement four years out, almost. Um, I've got no idea why he's back, let's be completely honest. 35-5 and with a draw. I think last seen losing to Lipinets, I believe it was. He gets in with Michael Agundo, who's 16-16. and That's a six-rounder there at 140. Um, Anthony Peterson as well, his brother, 39-1 and with a draw. Gets in with Raul. Chirino, who's 21 and 16. Again, that's over six rounds there. So both the brothers in action over six. Um, we've got Brandon Lee as well, one of the most exciting prospects I think there is. Um, that might be going a bit far, but 26 and 0, 24 KOs gets in with Diego Luque, who's 21 and 10 with two draws. That's over eight rounds there. And then getting on to the big fights. We've got Demetrius Andrade, 31 and oh, it's just good to see him back out, to be honest, because it's been such a long time. I can't even remember who he last boxed. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm going to check, but off the top of my head, I don't think I've seen him fight since beating like Liam Williams or something. Oh no, he had the fight against Jason Quigley. Um, but yeah, hasn't boxed in over a year, so it's going to be good to see him back. Um, he gets in, like I say, with Demond Nicholson. Um, I was very, very harsh. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I wasn't harsh because I think it was justified, but I, I never forget um, Demond Nicholson when he fought Jesse Hart. I didn't like that fight at all. I think he he pulled a few real bad moves. Um, but that was a long time ago. That was almost five years ago now. Um, since then, he's won all of his fights apart from that that one time when he lost to Edgar Belanga, but did manage to take him the distance and actually take him into the second round, which at that point no one had done. So he's on a bit of a run, I guess. Um, but yeah, he gets in with Demetrius Andrade. I'm expecting Andrade to have way too much for Demond Nicholson. But Demond Nicholson, is a, you know, he's a good puncher. 26 wins, like I say, 22 KO. Four losses, only two losses by knockout though, and you've got to go right back to, um, to yeah, the Jesse Hart fight when he got knocked out by Jesse Hart, who, yeah, who you know was was a was a quite a big super middle, and was a real puncher as well. So I'm actually going with Andre to win this one on points, um, but yeah. I'm expecting him to win on points. If he gets a knockout, I'd be quite impressed, actually, with with uh, Demetrius Andrade. Um, elsewhere on the card, what should we go to next? Um, Rashidi Ellis, 24-0, a man that they're making a lot of noise about, obviously world-ranked. He gets in with a guy called Romain Villa, who I hadn't heard of till the fight was made, but he's 25-0 with 20... Sorry, 25-1 with 24 knockouts. So that's that's always something not to skip over there from Venezuela, promoted by Samson Lekowicz or Lukowicz, who isn't gonna just you know sign just about anyone. He 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 manages a lot of good fighters, promotes a lot of good fighters like David Benavidez and many others. I think um, 
uh, Sebastian Fandora's with him as well, a few other guys. He's got some good fighters, Jason Rosario, um, Michelle Rivera, and yeah, he's not just going to promote anyone. So that tells me that there must be something about this guy, but I've never seen him fight before. But yeah, he's 29 years of age, only 5'7", so I guess... Uh, maybe a tiny bit small for welterweight, and Rashidi Ellis should be bigger, should be, you know, more suited to the weight. Um, but, yeah, Rashidi Ellis could have his chin checked here in a way that hasn't, you know, that, that hasn't happened in the past, so it could be interesting. Um, I think the only way the Venezuelan fighter wins is by knockout. There's good money, or good odds, I should say, on, on, um, on, on him to get the knockout. But I think the safe money would be with Rashidi Ellis to win. Moving up the card, Eddie, I'm going to come to you here. I think, by the looks of it, you might have shared the ring with him briefly. But Jerron Ennis, 29-0, is for the interim IBF World Welterweight title. So it's a step in the right direction in terms of titles. But it is not a step in the right direction in terms of opponents. He gets in with a guy called Karen. I'll be honest, there's a joke in there somewhere. I think it's about <laughs> as exciting as him fighting a Karen. Um, Karen Chukadzian is the guy's name. 21 and... One is the record. Um, his one, uh, his one loss came in just his second pro fight, which you can't read too much into. It was almost eight years ago now. He he lost the split decision over three rounds. Um, I think there was some kind of um tournament there all on the same day. Um, in in uh, in Kiev back in the day, and he lost over three rounds, a split decision. You can't really read into that, but yeah, um. You know, 11 KOs, not really noted as a puncher or anything like that. Five, nine and a half, 26 years of age. Um, got a couple of names on the record that I know, you know, that I um, am aware of purely because I follow the, I follow the sport, you know, a lot. The likes of Ali Fanika, the likes of Ryan Martin, but not the one from the US, the one from the UK, who's not as good as the US one. Um, yeah, nothing like... That, that stands out and jumps out. And I think it's an easy night for Ennis. I think he, he wins the fight by knockout. I, I would put my house on that happening. Probably within the first six rounds. But, you know, it's good that it's for a title, Eddie. But uh, I don't like the opponent yet again. I mean, this is going to be his 30th pro fight. He's going to be 30-0 and next week. And, you know, the names, I've said it before, not great. But tell me... Let's focus on the positive. How did he look? And I saw the picture of you two together. Um, who asked who for a photo is what the people want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was a little bit of a mutual thing, but no, nah, we, you know, we just, yeah, you, you know what that is, man. But, but no, nah, he's the star right now. So, but uh, no, to be honest, man, he looked as good as you know you would you would think he would look. He, he looked awesome. He's what he's, he's, he's probably one of the. Oh, I did rounds with him. So oh, you I can tell you. Spot, okay. Oh yeah, and and you know there's been there have been rumors, and I don't want to say, you know, I'm not even going to say all these things. I'm just going to say, eh, the guy that he's fighting is in trouble. Let's just call it that. Let's just say that it's going to be. And you know, I've spoke about this before, and I know he hasn't really been able to, have, you know, showcase his talents against high level competition per se. I mean, there's. You know, he's like you say, beat Lip he beat Lipinets and he beat a few other guys and Lipinets. Uh most people are dismissing that, but up to that point Lipinets hadn't been stopped and not and especially hadn't been stopped in the in the amount of rounds and the way it was done when, when, when Boots fought him. So um it's really difficult 
for me to even see it. I know this is, I'm going to get some heat for this, but it's difficult for me to see that how the top guys are going to be able to deal with him. It really is. Um, because I look at it like I've been in a ring with him. I know what kind of punch the kid has for a welterweight. It just, it was, it was, it was shocking. Not that it like said, Oh man, I'm about to get knocked out or buzzed or whatever, but it was just shocking. And obviously the speed and, and just the overall skill level and attention to detail, the, 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 uh, the defensive responsibility too was really, really, really high level. So it's like, and I guess, and I see you often see those things with fighters that are sharp and had been in camp for a while. So of course that's, you know, what was going on with him, but make no mistake, even if you, even if I was at my very, very best, it would still have been a hell of a night to, to even spar with that kid. And he's a welterweight. You know what I mean? At the time, he was probably weighing, one, you know, in the 160s. But, uh, you know, he's still he, – he, he's an incredible talent. I just don't see the top guys being able to deal with him. And I think they know as well as I know and a lot of other people are in the know. And I don't really think they want to, to wait on that kind of a fight. So this is what I would propose for the guys that are up there. You know, I'm, I'm speaking about Crawford and, and Spence in particular to get that fight out of the way between them to make the money they need to make, win the fight, and go on ahead about their business because I'm telling you, it's going to be a rough night with this kid, with them. I've seen a lot of guys. I've been in the ring with a lot of guys, and I haven't and – I, and I, it's, it's hard for me to remember seeing a guy that's that small that was able to do the things that he's doing at this point. Now, granted, I am 40. I wasn't been, hadn't been in the ring in a while when I got in the ring with him, but I've done that so many times where I've jumped off the street and sparred heavyweights and, and, and top, top level guys and, and haven't had trouble with them. So, you know, to get in there with that kid, it was like, wow, this is, this is a, this is an incredible thing to see. You know what I mean? And then him sparring with other guys that they bring in and these guys, and you know what? I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say all that. I, I'm not going to sit there and, and camp secrets out and start rumors and start things like that. I'm just not that kind of guy. But like I said, he just looked incredible. I'm expecting this fight not to go over maybe two to three rounds. And that depends on when he decides he wants to get him out of there. Now, anything can happen in a fight. 50, you know, it's 50, 50, you know, let's just say 50, 50. Anybody can get caught with a shot. You know, you don't even have to be a huge puncher to do it. So don't get me wrong. That can happen. But, if I had money to bet, and I don't like betting, but if I had money to bet, I would put my house on this kid. And not only put my house on this kid for this fight, but for any of the upcoming fights he has. He's, he's a special he's a special talent. Like, you know, you think, you think like, oh, you watched Floyd Mayweather as he came up, and it was like, damn, man, Floyd is special. It's like that. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Trust me, there's a lot of people around that know and can see what this kid is capable of at welterweight. So, you know, that's my little bit into that. Eddie, there's another podcast that I listen to, and they constantly, I mean, they've never obviously seen Ennis in person. I've seen Ennis in person, but when I saw Ennis in person, um, I was stood on like a platform and he was below, so I didn't get a real kind of look at him. And 
you know, he yeah. looks small from the platform that I was on because obviously I'm bigger than him anyway and I'm on a platform I'm going to look even bigger. He's going to look even smaller. But there's another podcast I listen to and they know their stuff and they carry on banging uh, banging on about Ennis being massive for 147. He didn't strike me as massive when I saw him. Is he massive for 147? You'd know more, obviously, being I would, with him. I Honestly, I don't think – because I'm a heavyweight, just like you said – um, I'm taller, not that much taller. He's about five ten, five ten, maybe five ten and a half. He's he's a good size for the welts for the division. He's but yeah, he's a bigger welterweight. I would consider him a. He has the ability to move up. Yeah, and, but but like, he's not like a league. Spence. Like Spence is massive for the weight, isn't he? I I, I think he's close. Okay. Spence is a, maybe a little thicker, but remember, I'm. Taking pictures, like I took a picture with Spence when he was at a fight. I don't think he had one coming up. He was a little heavy. He's about, I think Spence is about five ten as well, something like that. Five nine five, something like that. And um, and he's he's pretty big, but he's not that much different than 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 Boots. If you see them both, probably stood next to each other, it would probably give you more perspective. And it, it all depends on because if 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 Spence is getting ready for a fight, he's gonna be a lot smaller than what he looked like say in the picture i had a picture with him too he's gonna look smaller than what he did in the picture because he's obviously a little heavy and and this and it, the, the picture i took was with uh with, with boots was in camp so he's literally in camp like he's matter of fact he was like it was only a, a week or so ago that i was doing it i was sparring with him and i was taking pictures so it was it wasn't like he was like 175, 180 in camp, you know what I mean? You know, blown up. And it does, he doesn't strike me the kind of kid to be heavy, heavy anyway. He probably stays near around 160 to probably at the heaviest, maybe 165, you know, when fights are coming up. You know, when, you know, when, when, well, when, even when fights are not coming up because he's trying to make 47, you know what I mean? He's not going to go too high. At least you don't want that to end up being like a fat camp instead of like a training camp. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, he's a, he's a disciplined, he's a disciplined dude. So I would think, uh, I would think he stays around the way. So yeah, they, they, he's a good size. Like he's comparable to all big welterweights. He's about the same. Uh, he's comparable to what, what I would say with Spence is. I may be taller, maybe the same height. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm just thinking of him like, um, you know, next to like a Charlo or like a like a Tony Harrison. I'm thinking he's too small, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll uh, see. Um, you right. would have you would have to you have to picture him next to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put, if they if they stood next to you, like oh, okay, I see. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just never struck me as a massive guy. But like I say, I've had the benefit of seeing him in person. But <laughs> we were on two different levels. So uh, anyway, right. <laughs> um, the main event: Javante J- uh, Davis, twenty-seven and zero, gets in with Hector Luis Garcia, sixteen and zero. Sprung one of the biggest upsets of last year, of course, by upsetting Chris Colbert. Um, He's proved, really, Eddie, in his couple of fights since then, Hector Luis Garcia, that it wasn't really much of a fluke. Maybe, maybe Colbert was slightly, un, um, slightly overrated. I think some would say that, but um, he's he's only had one fight. I said a couple of fights. He's only had the one fight, but against uh, Roger Gutierrez, who's no mug, looked good against him. Obviously, beat him. Um, I think he's a good fighter, but obviously, you know, Javante Davis. I still kind of. Double take at that record, 27-0, and 25 KOs. You know, that's a hell of a lot of KOs for a guy that's, you know, 
at those weights. And when I say those weights, I know he's now at lightweight and at lightweight, there's some big punches, but you know, this guy was doing this at the lower weights at, at, um, at, at um, super featherweight, um, namely, but you know, yeah, I'm expecting, I'm expecting, I don't know, to be honest, usually I kind of know I've got an idea of how a fight's going to go. There's been a few fights, hasn't there, recently. I'm not talking about Rolando Romero, but, you know, the Isaac Cruz fight, obviously, he didn't he didn't look amazing in that fight. Um, it was a tough fight. Uh, Mario Barrios, before that, was a tough fight till he got Mario Barrios out of there very late on in the 11th round. The Leo Santa Cruz fight, even though he knocked him out with probably KO of 2020, you know, that was a fight where he, he was finding it very difficult as well. The fight before that against Gamboa didn't look great. There's been a lot of um, inconsistency in his last few appearances. Um... And not to mention, obviously, all of this stuff that's been going on outside of the ring. I don't know if you've seen some of that stuff. It was absolutely wild with with Javante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you wouldn't yeah. want to. You wouldn't want to go sleep over his house and borrow a toothbrush there. Um, but <laughs> but um, but you know, yeah, he's had he's had a hell of a lot of things going on outside of the ring that obviously we've seen time and time again in boxing can can take you off your game. Um, Hector Luis Garcia. I mean, this is his his World Cup final, his big, big, big shot. If he were to win this, oh my God, he becomes an overnight superstar. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say, I'm beating around the bush about it, but I, I would have expected Javante to knock him out and knock him out in good fashion around about the mid-rounds. But then at the same time, because of these outside-of-the-ring situations, because of these inconsistent performances, and because of Garcia's form... You know, I'm thinking this could perhaps be a bit of a difficult fight, and you know, maybe he'll get to him late, Javante. But we could see a we could see around nine, ten, eleven, something like that, perhaps. But like I say, I'm also I'm also saying I wouldn't be surprised by a knockout within a couple of rounds. I I just don't know. Yeah, I agree, Joe. I, I agree. It's gonna I'm be covering a, a, all bases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I understand why. Um, there's so many. Distractions are one hell of a issue that, that fighters have to deal with. And because we don't – it's not like basketball, which we talked about a lot before the show, Joe. <laughs> it's not like basketball where you get 82 games in a season uh-huh. in the NBA where you can have a bad night, you know what I mean, and come back. And, you know, in boxing, it's you got one shot for this particular fight in this situation. And, and undefeated records are so important nowadays in boxing so being a superstar to what Javante Davis is at this point and a lot of there's a lot of eyes on him he can't lose a fight and especially can't lose a fight to a guy that he's not supposed to lose to it would be different if it was like a Ryan Garcia where it's like you expect him where he may win but if he lost it would be like well it was Ryan Garcia he's a big name too and he's got but if you fight and you lose you lose to this Hector Luis Garcia who's a really good technical fighter he knows how to fight and a lot and a lot of people overlooked him especially when he was fighting chris colbert because they didn't really know anything about him didn't know his background didn't know how much he how how much he worked how good he was the skill level he had until they see the fight and it's like oh shit this guy's this guy's pretty damn good you know what i mean and then you can see him being one of those spoiler guys they show up out of nowhere and this is like where did this guy come from how did he all of a sudden just show up it's not all of a sudden he showed up He's been doing this shit for his whole life. He's been working his ass off to get to this point. And now he has an opportunity 
on 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 Saturday to to actually get some get back for all of that work that he's put in all of these years, and and now he's now it's the money, it's it's the fame, all of these things are on the table for him now. And guess what? He has very little pressure on him. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody expecting him to win. Nobody's expecting anything really, but him to get in there and just do his best. And that's a dangerous thing. And it's really it's going to be really tough for Devontae to be able to go in there and block out all these crazy-ass distractions and then fight a hungry tiger like this coming at you trying to figure out how to beat you. And he's gunning for him. There's no question about it. He's not coming here to, 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 to make a, you know, to make it a, a good night for, for him and, and for him to have a, and for Javante Davis to go back and for Tank to be able to just, you know, yeah, I got another win. I got another knockout. Nah, he's going to try to spoil this shit. And it's a dangerous thing, like I said, having all this pressure on you. You know what I mean? And and, and I think he, well, he's fighting in D.C., right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's fighting basically in his backyard. And that's even more pressure. You got your family coming. You got all these other distractions, man. It's it's a hell of a thing. And if, if he, <laughs> I know I know what you're thinking about the toothbrush thing. But, but the reality of it is, man, it's just a lot for him to deal with. But if he can overcome it and go in there and do what I know he can do and – Styles make fights, and even though Garcia is a really, really good fighter, technically and all of that, he can be there to be hit. And for an explosive fighter like Javante Davis, it only takes one shot. It only takes one shot for tanking, and he put you, he, he could put you in, 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 you know, in, in a coma. I'm not hoping for any of that, but he can really put you out of there. So he has to be on his P's and Q's, which I'm sure he's going to be on. He's got to be turned on this entire fight. And and he's gonna have to he's gonna have to fight the fight of his life to even to even to even finish in a in a losing decision. That's what I, I believe because uh, Davis is gonna have to come out there on ten to win this fight. You know what I mean? And to win it impressively. So he's got that pressure, but I but I think he can handle it. And I would I would still pick him to win probably mid rounds. He'll probably get him by mid rounds. But as good as Garcia is, I don't know. He might he might find his way to get to them later rounds, and who knows what happens there. There we go. So we're covering all bases. We're kind of sitting on the fence. I'm not entirely sure if Javante wins early or, or to the mid-rounds or late. Eddie's not too sure either. So we're sitting on the fence. And I'm sure the listeners, um, you know, don't like when we sit on the fence. But I'm sure they'd prefer we're sitting on a fence rather than sitting on their toothbrushes. <laughs> that brings... Ah, <laughs> uh, you're horrible for saying that. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you, you see that picture though, Eddie? Did you see the picture? Yo, I did. Eddie, I, I Eddie, tell me this. Did. Just tell me this. Why on earth, if someone did that to your toothbrush, why don't you take a picture of it from afar? Why would you pick it up with your hand to get a good photo of it, man? It was in his hand. <laughs> Yo, I don't know how he... I don't... I still, to this, to this day, I don't know how he still... Whenever you say to he, this day, you've got to say, to this day! To this day! Like no, but I don't understand, yo. If he even talks to her after that, <laughs> that's yo, what I'm saying. When, I you said, even... when you said his family's coming to the fight, I was like, no, <laughs> not that family. Not wait, that wait, family. wait, waving a toothbrush <laughs> around. Oh my god, I bring that toothbrush. I had that toothbrush everywhere with me. Should I? I'd be like, listen, this is what she did. I, I'd. Man, I'd have called the cops. I ain't going. I, I would have been the one calling the cops. God damn, you gonna put. Chocolate on my toothbrush, and it ain't even a good kind of chocolate. Oh. Hell no, Ew, that is some nasty stuff, man. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you. But hey, 
You live and you learn. You got to be careful who you mess with, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, boy, oh, boy. Yep, absolutely. Take note. But like I say, in part one, we did the review part. There was just one fight to review. Then we welcomed our special guest. In part two, we did the news. There was only one piece of news to report. And then in the preview part, we talked about the fight that's taking place in Ghana. And then we just wrapped up there by discussing the entire Javante Davis card and the fiasco that he was involved in outside of the ring. Was it outside of the ring or was it inside of the ring? Oh, you be the judge. Anyway, that brings the end. That brings part two to a close. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 377 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A huge thank you to this week's special guest, the former WBO heavyweight world champion, Joseph Parker. That's about everything from myself, though. Enjoy your weekends, people. Once again, Happy New Year, and we'll see you all again next week.